pressure from Thomas off the edge. Eli Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Oh my God. This ball's thrown and Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. That's a great catch by David Tyree. All right, folks, we're back at Catch the Moment podcast. I'm your host, David Tyree. You already know it's really exciting to be back for another episode. We always talk about the process, the pain point, the journey, how to get you to your next moment so that you can flourish, so that you can find that perfect peace and good success along the journey. Today, I have some new friends. They hot, even though they're coming from Chile, Chile. Fresh off the plane, Anthony and Melissa Lee. Great to have you all. Thanks for having us. Thank you. How y'all doing, man? What's going on in good life? We good. We just got off. Are you tired? (laughs) Tell the truth. We just got off a crazy flight from Chile, landed in my then landed in Miami, and then we got here. What's the first thing we did? We ate Chipotle. We ate Chipotle. Ate Chipotle. That's 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 my. So was it was it a good experience with Chipotle or was it you know less than stellar? Great. Great. That's my favorite restaurant. Okay, so I was about to say, uh, is high on the list or low on the list? Pretty high, huh? Pretty high. <laughs> All right. So obviously, we just met. We just connected via social, and um, there was just y'all had light emanating from your relationship. I could tell you had a, a really meaningful journey that we want to tap into. But before we we like to clear some business first. So to catch the moment, I always like to ask my guests, where were you the first time that you saw the helmet catch, and what were your thoughts or story, if any? Um, for me, uh, I think we were at. My parents' house, we usually would have a Super Bowl party because my parents had a church. Nice. During that time, we were living in Maryland. And so, yeah, it was just the Saints fellowshipping together. Nice. Everybody was pretty much rooting for the Giants because that's when Tom Brady and them were super hot. Like they couldn't <laughs> lose. So we were so happy to see the Giants, you know, take, take the down. Super Bowl. But that catch was just so amazing that that's one of the things that everybody talks about. I have two friends, two close brothers. Um Sharif and Curtis, they were my um, they were my groomsmen at my wedding. Nice. So before I even came, I told them that I was gonna come on the show and shout them out because they big G Man fans. So, okay, big shout yeah, to so Sharif and Curtis. It was crazy. I love it. I love mm-hmm. it. All right. And for me, since we're keeping it real, <laughs> keep it a buck. Probably three weeks ago. Nice. <laughs> Anthony re- told me that you reached out. Yeah. And you know he played the film. He showed me you know the highlights and. What was your thoughts? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> That's dope. Well, listen, obviously, um, audience might not know, but you both are actually professional basketball players. The reason you were in Chile, I'm assuming, is that your last team that you, you guys played for? Or is that just where y'all laying up in the midst of the journey? That was just the last team we played for. Well, uh, just to let the folks know, like, this is real life loving basketball. Ooh. So even how we came together, I know we're going to get into that later. Sure, go for it. That's, that's just what our life is, and I feel like what God pretty much ordained. So this last place that we played at, we both were able to play on the same team, the same club. I was on the men's team. Yeah. She was on the women's team. But we had no idea that that would even happen. So, you know, obviously we can go in a little deeper on yeah. that, but it was yeah. crazy how it came about. Oh, my God. Okay, all right. So I'm, I'm trying to figure out, you know, like you already launched out to the deep. I'm trying to figure out if I should bring this back to the to the epicenter of the story. Because I want to start with, because you both obviously have basketball journeys, but I understand Melissa's from Canada. You're from Maryland. Maryland, so, Florida, 
Oh, you are you I out here? Like, you all over the place. I'm all over the place. <laughs> I love yeah. it. You like passes kid, military kid? What else? Yeah, yeah, for real. It's all going down. Yep, yep. All right, so you from all over the United States. Mm-hmm. I'm like a I'm like a pilgrim from Jersey. I never left Jersey, Jersey, but I lived in five, six different places in Jersey. So it's getting crazy. Wow. So, but but getting back to you. All right, so where does basketball start for you, Anthony? And I know you eventually make your way to Temple. So you talk about D1 basketball, some of the best in the country. And I definitely want to hear some of your, your, your journey with the sport as well. So talk to me how this begins to evolve and how, how the sport shapes some of your journey. Man, I came right out the womb pretty much at two years old. My dad gave me a Fisher Price. And so <laughs> I was playing basketball at two, three years old. So I have pictures of me dunking on the Fisher Price. I was a Big Michael Jordan fan. I even understood who Michael Jordan was at two, three years old. Because my dad. Oh, and Mike. Mom, John Starks who, forever. Let me start. Wow. <laughs> no, no, no Michael Jordan slander, man. He used to kill the Knicks. We in New York, Jersey. He did. Right? I'll never forget right. Double Nichols. This took my soul. <laughs> right, right. Took my soul. You, you, you going to win that argument. I'm just, a, I'm just a ratchet Knicks fan. Hell the arch. <laughs> so, so that's pretty much how I came about. And. I'll just fast forward. I, well, my parents, they had a church. It was called Line of Judah nice. and Life Changers. It was in Maryland. And shouts out to them and my whole family. Um, but they started a church back then. And I grew up a pastor's kid. And I pretty much had, you know, the talent to play basketball. But I was raw. I used to always go out and play with my dad. Because mm-hmm. he played basketball. He Okay. He played in college. But then he, you know, had a switch and change. Just basically from God calling them to, yeah. to preach and pastor, right? So tomorrow's my birthday, but I'll just give a short story. Okay, birthday's coming it. up. So we both had the same birthday, and he pretty much, you know, made a covenant prayer with oh. God um, when he was like about 23. Nice. And so that was Jordan year, right? Yeah. Like Jordan's number. 23, yeah. So um, during that time, they went to playoffs. I think they, yeah, they were playing um, the Lakers, actually, Magic Johnson. So up until that point, he pretty much asked God, you know, if you don't want me to play basketball, you want um, me to pursue preaching, then I'll pray that, you know, my son plays basketball. And so he he said, but if he plays basketball, I want him to first be born on my birthday. So I was supposed to be born in June, but I just happened to be born on May 24th. (laughs) And the story with that was when my mom was, he was trying to get my mom to have contractions. Yeah. And going to labor, so couple of days before that he just had he took her down to georgetown um, yeah been to georgetown in maryland i've been, been through there but yeah so he took her through some bumpy roads and just he was trying to start trouble he's trying to get get, him out, <laughs> get me get me out and it worked it worked and i mean i've heard the story all the way up until this pop's day. got faith for real real faith faith without works is dead <laughs> right 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 so all his friends would tell me they just say yeah he kept saying it and people didn't believe him but anyway so that happened and fast forward um, you know, just in my high school years, I didn't start playing organized basketball until I was 14 years old. So oh, yeah, that's on, late these days. Yeah. yeah, so I was a late bloomer, but I already had the skill, I had the knowledge, because I would go play with my dad. We would play two-on-two, two, yeah. sometimes two against three, because I, I could shoot back then. Okay, nice. I could shoot now. That was the next question. <laughs> but, back, but back then, it was just... It you was, was way better than everybody. Well, because the older adults didn't expect me to be that good. Right? Got it. And so, but anyway, so I started playing um, high school ball, and then um, I started doing well. I was in Maryland at Hammond High School. Which one? 
Hammond High School. Okay, in Columbia. I remember Hammond. Gotcha. So anyway, I played played pretty good there, and then I was in tenth grade, and I did a lot of transferring. You know, you know really? how it is for basketball players. Okay, 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 okay. Players, okay. I, he, he telling the secrets off. So, yeah. So I played at I played at a school in at, at Ham High School. Then I went to National Christian Academy where Kevin Durant, Michael Beasley, nice. a lot of good legends came out of there. And I got I got some good feedback, but you know, a lot of coaches were telling me that if I try to come out now, I may not get a scholarship. So they told me to reclassify. Wow. So I reclassified. And the only reason why I got laid into basketball because my parents were really into the ministry and they didn't even know about AAU and things like that. Yeah. So, so you was just hooping I like a regular hooping, kid. Just hooping. So when they, when they <laughs> found out, they uh, got me into that. And then my, my parents started taking it serious because they saw I had talent and I was just raw. So I reclassified and then we moved to Florida. So it was like a faith move, even with my Ooh, family. Okay, Pops. Moving us to Florida. So they stopped the church, and we moved to Florida. And then um, my 11th grade year, I was at this school called Uses High School. Did real well. Then went to this uh, private school called West Oaks Academy. Yeah. And then that's when everything pretty much just blew blowing. up. Everything pretty much blew up just because at that time, I was really deep in my faith. You know, I'm a pastor's kid, so I'm sheltered too. Yeah, yeah. I'm not going to parties. Yeah. I'm stuck in the basketball. So they keep you, they keep you right. They, they keep you on that on that straight right. So all the goals and things that I that I wanted to do, I pretty much got to it. So I had no distractions. Excellent. And so I was like the first player to come out of West Oaks Academy. And now we have a plethora of players that just go deep. Oh, so now it's a little bit of a gold mine down there in Florida. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So all that's right, where that's, that's where it started for me before I got to college. All right, all right, I can see it. Then you obviously you chose Temple, big, big ball over right, there in right, Temple. Right. right. Big shout out to the old biggies. You know, I'm an old biggies head, but you know, those days are long gone. But um, okay, now Canada, I have we have no clue. You gotta expose us. <laughs> I know, we're so arrogant. We're so arrogant. We're, we're prideful sacks of rock. <laughs> so what I mean, like I, I mean, just give it a few minutes to kind of shape what the pipeline like, because I I don't even actually I do know it's a few um players I felt like that have come out of Canada. Yeah. Isn't there one? Is it, is it Sue? Is, well, no, Sue Bird. Is Sue, who, no, who's who's in a WNBA that's from Canada? Natalie Achanwa, uh, Kia Nurse. That's who I heard of. Yeah. yeah. I've heard of her. Yeah. And I don't hear of too many people. Yeah. There's a plethora of male basketball players that come yeah. out. Okay, yeah. bet, bet, yeah, bet. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm confess my faults. I don't, I don't watch enough <laughs> WBA. I'm like, but I know, I knew one name. I'm like, it's somebody. Steve I heard. Nash. Steve Nash. Oh, I know Steve Nash. I know Steve Nash. Yep. All right, so you got a couple. So what's the pipeline? Do you have your own version of AAU? And how did you get into basketball to develop this, this love and this passion to pursue it still to this day? Okay, well, to answer the first question, so we actually usually just go and play on an AAU team. So like, y'all just jump States. on pretty yeah. early. Yeah, in the summer. So, okay, got it. So we will, like, for example, I played with, like, an AAU team in Michigan, and we would travel over, or I played with a, we would form an AAU team in Canada, and then we would compete in the AAU tournament. Nice, right? nice. So that's where we kind of get seen. Got it. Because otherwise, like, coaches aren't coming to our games in Canada. They ain't coming to the regular old high school basketball. No, no. <laughs> so that's pretty much the only way you get exposure. Got it. You know? Got it. But, yeah, my journey with basketball is a little different than Ant's. Um, I kind of just, you know, went to a camp one day because my sister was going and I wanted to do what she was doing. Yeah. And I just fell in love with the game. We don't, I don't come from a very athletic family, so it's just like – 
Yeah. They're kind of just like workaholics. So, you know? so, so. Yeah. She's Italian, by the way. I'm Italian. So it's really? my parents, yeah. yeah. I grew okay. up in the restaurant business. It was just like work, 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 work. You work. know, I never considered an Italian Canadian. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. been like, yeah, dumb. Like, yeah, of course other people <laughs> from other countries migrate. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> That's fantastic. Yeah. So my, both sets of grandparents migrated to um, Canada during the war. So. And then my whole family, like, I mean, if we had a family reunion in my city, in Sarnia, like 75,000 people population, like small city. Yeah. We probably have like 150 people that just live in Sarnia. Like, it's just, what? everybody just stays in Sarnia. No, no lies told. Except for me. Everybody's close. <laughs> yeah. no they locked told. in. Everybody's close. Sister, locked in brother. for life. Everyone, cousins, third cousins, yeah. fourth cousins, fifth cousins. Oh, snap. So, so you ain't getting away with nothing over there. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't getting away with nothing. They got real family, real community. That's why I moved across the, across the world. No. You're like, <laughs> okay, bye guys. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, the game begins to you know create a pathway for you guys. All right, so now we got to get into y'all story to some extent. How do y'all meet? And obviously, basketball has to play some kind of way into this. How do you guys meet? Because you said love and basketball, and that's iconic. So g- give me, give me, give me the sauce. Whose story do you want? I, I, I was about answer. to say, because me and my wife, we got two different stories, and mine is the truth. <laughs> you know the truth? Nah, go ahead. Go, go, go. Go I'm first? sure it'll be the intersection somewhere right, along the way. Go. You can tell your story. All right, stop me if I'm wrong. <laughs> okay. All right, I love so, You're wrong. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so from what I can recall, um, she befriended me first. Oh, first. Okay. Social media? Social media. Okay. Instagram. Right? On the Instagram. Instagram. I slid the DMs. You know, so it's going down in the DMR. <laughs> so this is about five years ago. Okay. 2018. Yeah, but I feel like you started following there? me like at the end of 2017. Because yeah. I was playing in Greece. I just okay. your content. Okay. Yeah. She like, you just so, like this content. Yeah. So, so, so she started following me and I didn't. I didn't follow her back right away, but it wasn't intentional or anything. I was in my own world. I was playing in Greece. During that time, I was living even that lukewarm life. Yeah, you know, yeah. You know, we can get Real talk, that, we can get into that. So I wasn't even paying attention to that. It was just another follow for me at that point. But then um, I just decided to follow her, looked at her pictures. I'm like, oh, wow, like, she looked good. You know what I mean? <laughs> she dressed real nice. I mean, obviously, has style. She's very stylish. Um, I just felt like she was modest, too, because she wasn't like a lot of the other girls that I would still see uh, you know, out on the and stuff like that, but she still played. Listen up, she, ladies. Listen up. He right. says she's modest, too, so you got to right. have a little something-something. Show me a little something. Right, right, right. <laughs> but she played ball, so that caught, that caught my eye, and I nice. was having, um, I was about to run my second camp uh, that summer, and I was thinking that you know, I should invite um, some men basketball players and then some women. And that was the first time I was coming up with that strategy. So I don't know what prompted me to do it, um, but I, know, I just... I, I, know, I know what prompted you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> it was definitely God. But at that time and in that moment, I was really in a carnal state with God. So I was doing things for God. I felt like I was. But then yeah. on the other side, I felt like I was just... Yeah, my regular self. Yeah, so d- I, didn't, I wasn't mind. thinking I that it. deep. Yeah. So I started. So I, I reached out to her and I said I was having a basketball camp. Um, but I think I initially just reached out and just we just started talking. Yeah. And and then I told her I'm having a basketball camp and I would want you to come. And 
the rest was the rest was history after that. Yeah. Yeah. You, so so once like, once y'all met in the flesh, it was it was something it was something different. Yeah. Yeah. We, we got married quick. I mean, say word. Wait, started, you rushing? Oh, you I'm rushing? Sorry. You rushing? Oh. You got to get to your part. What's you got juicy because this is my met. kind of stuff. How we met? You just told them. Out. So I told the yeah. truth. Yeah, that was the Can't truth. Give me a hand oh, big class, big class. All right. If All if, right. if me and my wife got on and told the early stages, I promise you, we'd be like, yo, yo, I'm telling the truth. Right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that off off camera. So, so I right, so I right, boom. Give me timeline because obviously that's somewhere around 2017. You guys been married for five years. We've been married for we'll be four years this August. Okay, four we years this August. Y'all met. Five years ago, what, what, what year did y'all get married? So we met in 2018. She nice. just started following me 2017. I got it, got it. I didn't respond to 2018. Got you. So early, it was early 2018, and I called her down to come to the camp. We met, we instantly connected, but we had talked for about We've two been months. For a bit we had talked before, about yeah. we had talked for about two months. Yeah, and there was just so many things going on, like just God revealing stuff. I was saying like, man, she's really a woman after God's heart. Plays basketball. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like, Whoa. Like, and everybody else that I was talking to, it was always they may have looked good, but yeah. they didn't have the the the. They had the virtue. Quality. Yeah. They didn't. They weren't living a virtuous life. They they was willing you know to give mean? up the cookies. If they were willing yeah, to give yeah. up the cookies, they ain't holy. Yeah. And so, <laughs> and so so the thing is, even for me, like I wasn't even living right at that time the way I needed to. Yeah. But a prayer that I had, even when I was in college, up until uh, a pro in my first few years, I was always asking God, if you just gave me a wife that loved you, I promise I will let go of everything because that's what I desire so bad. Yeah, yeah. as a Christian, I'm like, all right, so I'm overseas. You condemned, time, you condemned like, already. You're like, so you thinking, so you thinking I can just go out here every year for the first few years and not have sex and obviously I know like you need to have the, the, the fruit of the spirit. Power of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, that's something that I had struggled with. Yeah. So, it was like I was waiting for God to do that, but I wasn't even doing the right thing. But yeah. somehow he still gave me grace and still blessed me and allowed her to come in my life. And so when that happened, I knew that. She came down to the camp. We started kicking it and talking, and everybody thought we were together in that, at that moment. Yeah. Makes no sense to me how yeah. they thought that. But we just had a connection, and then we started dating two weeks later, and then we got engaged. In November. In November. So, so that was what? So we, so we saw we each other July twentieth. Uh -huh. Got engaged in November. Nice. Married the following August. Okay, so about a about an eight month kind of courtship. Did you did, did y'all ruin did you ruin the courship? No. no Good we, job. We you have I'm proud of you, girl. You yeah, know yeah, I'm gonna give you credit because I know he was weak. I, I know he was weak. I know every time he saw you, he was like, shivering. Right, 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 right. <laughs> it's hard, man. Listen, obviously this is a righteous conversation. Everybody got their own set of values, but you know, you guys as Christians, and this is something that's that's great to talk about. You have these, you know, this is this is the amazing thing about God and just his sovereign will and getting us to places that he desires for us. Um, but you have this answered prayer. Even though you didn't fit the bill, God still saw fit to to not, you know, to, to give you a heart's desire. Amazing stuff. Now, your best, how, where were you at in your basketball journey? And as you guys come together now, I'm sure there's the thought of what if you get to another club and you across the country? So how does that begin? Because that's a lot of like, boy, I'm trying to tell you, that's a whole, it's enough to have one professional athlete, let alone two, with careers that don't that are not always stable. Right. So talk about you know what your journey was like as y'all got married and how this thing 
you watch God kind of like make this thing ironclad. Yeah. So, I mean, I would say when we first got married, we weren't so concerned about, we kind of, I feel like we just kind of trusted that God would work it out. And that first year we, he, um, signed in Greece Okay. and we were just praying, you know, Lord open a door for me in Greece. And we both ended up on a team in Athens. Different club, but still yeah. in the same city. Same city. Right? And then the following year... That was a big deal, though. That was a big deal. That was a big we deal. Because you got to yeah. talk about how it, how it happened. Like, details are important. In this okay. Okay. Get, get, get. Your details, guys. So we, point. So we watched... So during that time, we was watching um, Transformation Church. You heard of Mike Todd? I've heard of him, yeah. So he was on this series called Crazy Faith. And it's our first year of marriage. And we're like, okay, like, how are we going to do this? Our first year of marriage, we just got married. Am I going to go overseas and play? And you're going to go overseas and play in two right. different Yeah, countries? that's what I'm thinking. So we were, actually, we were <laughs> yeah. praying hard. And we, you know, this is during the series. He was talking about Crazy Faith. He came out with the book. And so we just were praying. And it was praying in Crazy Faith that God would do the miraculous where we could be with each other. Yeah. And I signed to a team. She had no clue that she was going to sign to a team until we got there. I just brought nice. all my She just brought shit. all her stuff in faith. In faith. You know, she trained all summer, so it's like it would have been disappointing if she didn't play. Yeah. You know, and so when we got there, they had a team for her, and we were in the Greek A1 first league, and we were the first import couple That's to ever play um, in that same. league. Yeah. Fire! Yeah. Hope y'all, this is this obviously yeah. sometimes when, when we're sharing a story, you got to cause things to relate because obviously faith is required to access anything, especially in relation to God. But even in relation to people who just have faith for things, it has to be actionable items. Obviously you guys prayed and opportunity opened up, but you also followed in faith as well. I love the connecting dots. So obviously first year, I mean, y'all must've been, that's kind of like a nice little, that must've been real, real nice. Yeah. Hey, we're at this, man. You've been at, have I, you been man, at Athens? Man, I ain't been, no, I've been in Jersey. I've been in, oh. right where you see me is right where I've been pretty much my whole life, man. I went upstate to Syracuse. I went back down. I played with the Ravens for a season. It came right back to Jersey. These seven kids locking me down, man. Right. Can't right. get nowhere. Right. So I, I can only imagine, like you said, history. Right. So you probably leaning in. Would you went to some biblical places? You, you went to see what? Yeah, we were, <laughs> we were, we were in uh, Corinth. Yeah. Them dirt bags uh, over there in Corinth. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, yeah. we a bunch of dirt bags. This is why we need the blood, okay? <laughs> now nah, talk about it. Of course, we were, you know, we were able to see Apollo. Yeah, the museum, we didn't have too much time to do the tours. <sighs> we would have liked to do yeah. the tours and stuff. We just, as far as biblical tours, we, we weren't time. able to do that, but we just we traveled. Yeah, when we were able to. That's fire. So most importantly, we were able to support each other at yeah. our games, um, cheer each other on, and so. Just that and being married are, you know, what a combination. Or, yeah. I guess I wouldn't say a, a a tug of war that you have to try to, you know, iron out. But we're also our first year of marriage, too. So yeah. We're trying to really learn each other. Cause, Ooh, now we're about to get yeah. into the good stuff. Because <laughs> if you know, like, while we were engaged, when we were engaged, engaged, we were in two different places. So I was in, I was in Turkey and Lithuania. She was in Belgium. So we weren't even uh, together. We were just engaged. Yeah. I had a surprise proposal. Apart all year, yeah. So I made a surprise proposal. So my team in Turkey allowed me to fly to Canada because she got a break to come to go to her brother's wedding. Nice. So I was able to, able to propose. 
that day. Yeah. Fly in for a day to propose, and then we both flew back, but then I was in one country, and she was in another. Wow. So when that happened, of course, the only thing that we're able to do is just talk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're not spending so much time with one another. So fast forward to while we were married and playing, we're still trying to figure out each other's kids. Like, who are you? Yeah, She's thinking I'm dirty. Space. Stop squeezing the toothpaste from the middle. Right, right, He's right. right. <laughs> so, so many things. I, will, I mean, you can attest to that and talk yeah. just about... The challenge of being pro athletes and having to deal with each other as husband and wife. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, for me, what was I- the, yeah? Let's talk about what was the biggest challenge in that first year? Because that that I mean, like marriage is something that majority of people aspire to do and have. Once you get in the ring, boy, ding ding, right? Like, and, and, and you know, you like this person, I e love right. this person, right. but it, it gets real. So, right. so what was what was the biggest difficulty of that process of becoming one? Well, okay. First thing for me was like, I'm used to having my my own space, <laughs> my own career, and then, you know, going to practice sometimes twice a day, games on the weekend, and then now I like have the responsibility of like feeding a <laughs> six foot nine athlete. So that, that was like, that's the first thing that comes to mind. It's like, it's a whole new challenge. Yeah. And then I think just like any couple, like ath- athletes or not athletes, like yep. just learning how to communicate effectively, learning yeah. each other's likes and dislikes, what buttons that you can push and not push. You yeah. Know? Right. Um, th- things that come along with any new marriage, I think, you know, and then, and then you're overseas and yeah. you know, you're, you're dealing with those challenges on top of the challenges that come with any, you know, new marriage is just, it was a right. lot, but you yeah. know, we made it up the mud. Well, well <laughs> go for, ahead. For her talking about all the meals she had to feed me, she's an unbelievable cook. So oh, okay, she, nice. She didn't get into it, but her parents owned a restaurant. She grew up in the restaurant cooking. What's it? Tells Italian food. Italian, yeah. Nice. My parents nice. didn't believe in babysitters and nannies. Just like take them to work, and you know. I love it. Start on, on the job training. You can walk. You, you, know, you, you work. Learn how to cook. Now that four, yeah. four or five years old. Yeah. How old are you? I Six. I mean, like probably. Three when I was started, you know, I remember my mom telling me like her staff would be like, Marina, Marina, you know, Melissa's running around the kitchen with a knife, like, <laughs> like this little kid. Oh no, she's fine. She's I fine. love it. I love it. See, we can't even do stuff like that as parents now. We get arrested in America. They, right, right, right. You know, like we are, we so cautious about everything. There was a time where right. there was some liberty and freedom. Right, right. <laughs> so her, so her just being able to do that, she was really. So she was she not was, them. She, to me. And I told her she was more prepared for marriage than I was. That's what I was about. Come on, man. Come on. Let's talk talk about, you know, because we are different dudes as as men, right? Like, so, you know, obviously I'm 19 years in and it takes every bit of God. It takes every bit of a real support system slash community family to kind of shape. And one thing that I talk about is marriage is a learned behavior. Like parenting is actually a little bit more instinctive, whereas marriage is very much a learned behavior behavior so talk to me on your end where your challenges lies was now you have a lot you're responsible for a whole beautiful woman so right. you know like what does that do to your psyche and you know like you know where were the greater challenges for you well first she was the one to actually just kind of expose some of my like the selfishness i had yeah you know and i hear people say that all the time but you don't realize it until you're actually in it yep um she was 
a better communicator than I was. Well, this is so humble. You out here being you know, honest in these streets. I love it. Thank you, I, God. It takes a God shoot. to be honest and humble. <laughs> I, but I got humble. But I had to realize it because a lot of was things. You fight, was you fighting at first? You was resisting? For, for sure. Like, nah, man, yeah. it ain't me. Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. <laughs> we, call, so, we call that the, ad <laughs> the Adamic nature. Right, right, right. <laughs> and I didn't realize this, but she did some some really good things before she even prepared for marriage, like just reading books or just kind of getting herself in a mindset. And Ooh. I was just ready to get married. Come I, on, bro. Like I knew the stuff that you had to go through and endure. Yeah. But in terms of um, uh, properly communicating the right way. Sure. Um, making sure that I'm really just putting her first, um, caring for her feelings. Yeah. And not mine's. Um, those things, those were a battle because I was still in my own world. Like, I, I was glad to have her, you know, yep. playing together. But then certain things, I was just like, all right. You like wanted I'm to not, go do you. Yeah, I wanted to go do me. Um, and just like what, just like little things, like she may have come home and, you know, she's cook, she cooks three meals a day. So what? I just got to give her props because I don't do really any of the cooking. She yeah. does all the cooking. She cooks breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I didn't cook a little breakfast, but yeah, she does it all while playing basketball. So in the beginning, I wasn't ever really cleaning the dishes a lot. Not because, not because I didn't want to, but I just felt like, all right, I'm just sitting there, kind of in my own world, yeah, nonchalant. So there was a lot of things that I had to grow up and grow up in fast, and so that's where some of the disconnect came in. Yep, um, and just you know, I had to grow up. I had to grow up, big, big. but I'm glad I did. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you was over there under the weight, under the weight of Anthony Lee. Right. right. <laughs> you know, the role of a husband is very much to create an environment of nurture, care. And I tell people, I said, women are, God, you know, we're fearfully and wonderfully made, but we are different. And women are wired to be able to do more. They, they, they multiply, right? And, you know, typically men, right? It's not that we can't do more, but we're wired to do things narrow and deep. And um, it's amazing because my wife, again, seven children, part she she runs our store. You know, and I and I and I'll selfishly say this in a, in a in a godly way, but the the feather of my cap has always been I've created an environment where my wife can flourish and be able to be successful in multiple things. But if your woman is worn down, if she doesn't feel supported, right. if she doesn't feel, that's what begin because women are wired to do far more than men, you know, and, and I just think that's just fearfully and wonderfully made. That's what makes them that. But we have to create the environment that's there to nurture, right. care right. for so that they can flourish. Right. And uh, I'm, I'm a big supporter. So my wife like, yeah, I want to get my master's. I'm like, okay. But like, but you know, you still got to, Raise your kids and make sure I got a couple meals. <laughs> that's, that's that's like real. we can do anything, but we still have to kind of maintain our role and understand. Right. So, right, right. all right. So life is still happening because you guys have this dynamic story. But, but who has been either your biggest examples, supporters, or you know, because you guys are living an international life. What does that look like? Because anybody away from their family is always at a loss. And obviously, you guys don't have children just yet, but still the support system and who are the people that are framing you um, and, and supporting you in a way where you guys are continuing to flourish with, with in your relationship, not just with God, but just in your relationship period. So we actually, you know, on a weekly basis, we meet with um, 
our, I would say, counselor, Pastor Cope. Um, nice. Pastor George Cope. And he's just been really, like, life-changing for us. It, like, just, you know, having that accountability. Yeah. Um, someone who is much wiser yeah. and more experienced than us, uh, especially in the field of marriage. Oh, God, yes. Um, and, you know, <laughs> he's just got so much godly wisdom. Yeah. And we've just, we've been meeting with him consi- consistently for, like, what, two? Since, like, 2021. Two years now. Big deal. On yeah. a week, like, a weekly basis. So that's been huge for us. Like, Excellent. He's here in the States. So y'all jump on the lo- online? Yeah, we, yeah. All right, great, great, great. Yeah, good deal. We do a video call with him and when we're overseas, and it's just a great way to just, you know, keep us accountable. Yeah. Whenever any issues rise up and, you know, just someone to just, bounce things off of even when there's not issues just someone just yeah. to talk to and you know pray over us and yeah. yeah it's been it's really been changing for our marriage i'll make a comment about uh george cope because i've known him uh for forever i've known him since i was in high school and sure living in orlando and i introduced him to mel when i brought him in and asked him can he uh counsel us because me i like to talk and get get things off my chest. Yeah. And sometimes early on in marriage, you kind of go to the wrong people or you feel like that, yeah. you know, you know, you can trust them to an extent, but at the same time, remember they have their own feelings. Sure. Too. And that because they know you before they knew your spouse, yep. you know, just things can go. Yeah. One way or the other. You have to make sure you protect your marriage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. So you have to do that. So going to someone who didn't know Mel at all, but he knew me and me just being able to talk to him about some of some of the issues I feel like I had, you know, just kind of going into going into the marriage and just trying to deal with. It. And it wasn't nothing really crazy. It was just the typical stuff that men have to deal with, on, not being res- mm-hmm. not being responsible, not being really mature and just really loving God the way I mean, really loving your wife the way God intends for us to love. Our wives, right? Like it's excellent. What I love about you guys, you know, like you, you. Number one, obviously, you know, Christ is the center of your own lives and your pursuits. Talk to me, like, um, about you know, because the professional basketball dynamic is something that's just heroic and a monumental pursuit, as well as an accomplishment. Because you know, like when, when you once you enter to the international, it's a constant pursuit, and it's worth it. It's, it's worth it. You're still pursuing a dream, and like. I tell people being a professional athlete is it's still li- like living a dream. You're, you're yeah. but it's still work, mm-hmm. right? So on on both ends, there's something there. But you guys also have a sense of purpose in relation to you know eternally your marriage and understanding your platform. Talk to me about your platform together and some of the things you already talked about the camps. What does that look like, and where do y'all guys where do you both see that going? You know, as as you continue to walk this out. Yeah, so, I mean, I think everywhere we go, our our mission is, like, it's bigger than basketball, right? So we have um, kind of our brand is more than, like, more than us, right? Nice. So it's not about, it's not about us. It's about just spreading the word, spreading the light, yeah. right? We don't necessarily need to push it in anybody's faces, but we're always there to have that conversation. And I think every place that we've been, we've been able to really like minister to people and, you know, really open their eyes. Like even if it's just one, two, three people. Yeah. And then of course everybody else is watching us, right? They may not say anything, but they're seeing how we act. They're seeing how we treat others. They're seeing how we behave um, 
in adversity, like there's a lot of times overseas where we have challenges or where we may be treated unfairly. And they're seeing. Oh, I need to hear about this. They they see how we react to those things. And it's not um, in a way that they're used to seeing Uh a typical foreign player react. So um, just being an example. And then obviously like when the Lord leads us to have those conversations with people. um, Yeah. It's just been, it's just been amazing. Like, and make sure everybody check out more than us on the gram and wherever we can find. <laughs> and I know you guys are, you know, you got some dope content. You guys are clearly, it, you, you, you can get a sense that this is authentic. And I think that's yeah. the main thing. You know, we, we, I'm willing to have every conversation, every dialogue. I'm so radical for Christ. But at the end of the day is be a man of integrity, be a person of virtue, be a person of honor. And I think, you know, you know at least you're not taking away from an environment and you're adding to so no no journey is 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 kind of packaged you know like you can people can look at you guys like is because you're overcoming like right. there's nothing to overcome right, right? <laughs> and I think that's the wrong connotation so talk to me about maybe what some of those challenges can look like overseas or what have been what has been the greatest obstacle that either individually or collectively that you guys have had to press your way through biggest pain point where it's like, man, I, maybe you, maybe you were hopeless for a minute. Maybe, you know, you were, you were in a season where, you know, that, that Valley season was kicking your fanny and, you know, you needed one another. So talk to me about some of the, you know, unseen things that maybe we're not always getting to. Over, overseas basketball. <laughs> there's a lot. It's, there's so many great uh, basketball players that play overseas, but there's a lot of things that just, the general public back in America don't know that some of the American players have to deal with mm. whether American, Canadian. So it's it's a challenge within itself, um, just to, you know, go through the grind the entire basketball year, you know, because you have some some teams that are very professional, mm. some that are just there to use you and just, you know, soak you up of all your talent takers and and even if even if you get hurt even if you haven't gotten paid they still expecting you to give your all while Hmm. they're you know in debt to you yeah and stuff like that so since we've been together we've had some some challenges um there was I guess business. Let's just yeah. Let's call it call it dirty business. Yeah, stuff that doesn't happen in America. Right. So (laughs) checks ain't cashing. I mean, then we didn't we didn't had our experience. Yeah, that's that's the least. But although we're in a beautiful country, because we always love to say, like, obviously, this is a job that we signed up for. So sure, we love the experiences. So great, great yeah. perspective, right? Because there, that's the reality is majority of the things that we're pursuing, we're choosing to, right? right? And recognizing that this might be some of the cost mm-hmm. of right. this, of this pursuit. Great. So we definitely count up the cost, but what makes it better is that we're together. Nice. So while we're experiencing some of these things, you know, in marriage, the Bible tells us to cleave and cling to each other. Come on, my boy. So, so since we're since we have each other and we're in the word, we really have to dig deep and pray and just ask God to bring us through. But there was, you know, there's been a couple of times, but I just named one time, talk about um, the time in Greece where it was just, I got injured and then, you know, I was just trying to recover from a growing injury. But the main point was just wasn't getting paid. Right? <sighs> and we're talking about this is a league with players getting six, seven figures. So, even on my team, you know, I wasn't getting paid 
pretty much all the U.S. players weren't getting paid. <gasps> but what happened was I was one of the key one one of the key guys for my team, and I just I was out for a while. Melissa was still playing at the time, yeah. So I was trying to nurse the injury, but then all of a sudden, you know, the team was expecting me to be back, and obviously with injuries they take time. So you expect the team to take care of you. And some teams just don't do that, right? <laughs> a lot of teams do, but so, just depends so on. It, take care of you financially, or, or was it take care of you medically? Where they did they just push you to the side, well, give you a cold shoulder? Yeah, well, both? Med, well, medically, if you if you can walk, then you can play. Woo! And we know, and we understand that. Woo! We, we know that's not athletes, always true. As athletes, we know how to play hurt. Yeah, right. But if you're injured, it's a different thing. You can cause a uh, the injury to get worse, that's, but they'll still put you out there. Even if you're not 100% recovered, sometimes it depends on the team. Yeah, that's big right? facts. Big difference between being hurt and injured. And basketball, you know, I, I, I ain't going to shade y'all too bad. You know, I ain't going to shade y'all too bad. Uh -oh. it's, it's some Warriors out there, but it's not a lot. <laughs> I know, I know. I'm going to lose. I can't lose. <laughs> no, but like I said, it's definitely, and honestly, y'all, I don't know with um, how many games y'all typically playing like overseas. And, and it's just, a, it's obviously, it's a lot more games. It's a different kind of wear and tear on the body. And so I'm not going to sit here like I like like I speak from experience, but injury is injury, right. and that demands recovery right. before you could even get to the point where you can maybe be hurt and still ball. So I totally get the difference, and it's important to establish that, no doubt. Right. So they was they were shading you on the medical and the and the financial. Both. And so, oh, and so, that's no good. So so we had to make a choice. I'm talking to my agent, and they want me to. I'm talking about sure. Penelos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No. So oh, go ahead. You you. Oh well. Yeah, go ahead. So good. Go ahead. That's, behind, that's behind us right now. <laughs> go ahead. Add on to it. Oh, and so then they were trying to shift us out of the apartment into a hotel, this crummy little hotel that oh, was no. a shack. I was they like, tried no, to put I'm, you in Chilligan's yeah, Island. I'm not yeah. going in there because once you get in there, you're not coming back out. So I was like, no, we're not going. So we we had to just they they they, 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 they were like threatening threatening us yep. to the point where okay. First year married, not even, dang, only four or five months in. My wife's scared. I'm feeling like, okay, what are we going to do? They have the, the the owner of the house telling us we have to get out. I had my butter knife ready. Nice. Telling us we had to get hey, out. Hey, whatever it takes. Yeah, <laughs> we have to get out, but they have to pay. Like, they have to pay us, but then they also have to pay the rent for where we're staying. Yeah, no doubt. Sometimes that was late, too. So we're like... What in the world is going on? And like she said, we bonded and Clyde it. Like we just kind of got out of there, and it came out in the European articles because all all the players on the team pretty much came out. Not about you. Ah, all the, all the came out public, so they started out. talking about. It. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so like, bags. stuff like that. I mean, when we talk about stories for days, that was probably one out of many. And I'm talking about this story yeah. I've had before I got married. I mean, it's something every year. Every and year. And then tack on, you know, the language barrier. The oh, sure. Away from home. So in general, with the places that you've been, are most of the fans happy to see the American athletes? Yeah. Or they, yeah. or they okay. So yeah. I, yeah. You, know, you just never right. know. It's like, you right. know, because America, you know, is America. And when you're the top dog, it's kind of like the Patriots, right? Yeah. Now they deserve yeah. some of that heat. <laughs> they deserve nah. <laughs> but when you're the winner, you know, you never know what kind of sentiments. Now we know we right. got most of the juice and you know. So I right, give me what's the I mean, you, you talked a little bit about range. What like so I'm sure most people could only imagine every league is different, every team is different. Salary ranges. What is what does it look like for professional um basketball salaries 
in so many of these leagues over like what would be the range of some of people in your position it varies on how much the team has what their budget is it can be the position it varies from it country, country. even within that country yeah. right so you have like for example Greece right that's they the have a league. pretty pretty big budget yeah but then you have Euroleague teams like um Panthinaikos and Olympiagos have you heard of those teams before of course not okay <laughs> listen I'm so far so yeah we got a, we got some teams, we got yeah. some other folks who actually pay attention to international yeah. I'm, I got seven kids man it's all good <laughs> so Don't, they're the Euroleague teams and they'll have like you know seven figures about you know yeah seven. six yeah, seven yeah, figures yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you'll have in the, that same league, someone at the bottom. I don't know. Maybe the Americans are like just scraping. Like there's scraping. Not much, yeah. yeah. Pay eighty thousand. Less. Less. Oh yeah. man, oh, man. we try. I was trying to get y'all like yeah. 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 Oh, y'all pursue. Y'all y'all doing this. Y'all doing yeah. this for the love, people. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just depends. And then you know you go to China and it's like. I would say most teams out there have pretty Some big millions. Budget. Yeah. Yeah. So like so it a, just depends. And it, yeah, it depends on, on the the, the continent. Yeah. You got Europe. You have Asia. You have yeah. South America. I like. I don't care where I go. Yeah. But I I like traveling. We like exploring. So I think even experiencing other continents that have even bigger budgets is something that we would want to experience Hope, too. Hopefully, yeah, pray right. For. And so, but I feel like we made the we made a hard. Uh, well, it wasn't even a hard pivot or anything, but you play basketball, you put a lot of your stock into who you are, you know what I mean? And and this being, you know, your livelihood and sure. you kinda you kinda fall so deep into your how good you play and and the bad games that you have and you think that that's what your entire identity is mm-hmm. you know, shaped up in. And so being married, I think it's helped us really know what our purpose is. Nice. And like she said, like now when we go overseas Wherever we go, it's really God led. Like we really pray about it. Like, yep. God, is this is this it? Is that it? Is that not it? Mm-hmm. And then when we go there, we're asking Him to like lead us to different people that we can minister to. And it's like that's become more fulfilling. And I feel like we still yeah. have five, six more years, seven more years left. But but it's <laughs> but I feel like that is the goal for us. Of course, we're gonna go play, have fun. Sure. But it's like seeing souls saved. Yeah, it's really what we're about, and it's like as athletes, it took a long. It didn't take a long time for me or her to get that, but I feel like our stories and even how we really came to surrendering to Christ totally. Yeah, we had to shift our minds to know. Okay, yeah, I'm playing basketball, but that's not. I'm not just that. You yeah, know what I mean, obviously, I'm more than a basketball player. I'm more than the status quo. So it's like when we go over there, we're going there on a mission to play. I love and it. To, you know, soul for Christ. So obviously I love your faith. We align there. You know, it's like the the collision of purpose and passion, right? And you know, I tell people what you're willing to suffer for is where your true passions lie. And, you know, the the, the greatest thing that I have to be willing to suffer for is Christ, you know, giving your life. But ultimately the sport, the act the the, the metaphor sport creates a passion for you, obviously. It gave us, it gave many of our lives, especially as young as young kids, a lot of direction. All right, so obviously y'all are still at the cusp of, you know, just continue to define your journey. Y'all lay hold of God with your purpose, and you see your, you see your your life and your light uh, reaching out into different places beyond the court. 
what would you say up to this point has been your defining moment? We could have talked through it, but, you know, I like to, you know, like, you know, because you guys have had tremendous success. I want to celebrate that because sometimes when you're in these kinds of stages, you might not feel like it's a big, big success, and it is. So what has been the defining moment for you both? Obviously, you know, I'm a basketball player, pro, been playing forever, but um, part of my testimony is um, my most defining moment was when I was at Temple, I was a freshman, and I got hurt. And I came in to college pretty much, you know, on fire for God, wanting to do everything right. Mm -hmm. But then I got to Philly, and it was just a whole nother story. So I'm dealing with a whole bunch of Philly dudes who, in my mind, um, well, I'm first going to college to just play basketball, and I'm thinking everybody's mature. Yeah. So me being sheltered and in a household where I was protected, I still had fun and and went out, but I did things most in the church with youth groups, youth oh, camps, youth. Everything was pretty much in the church. So when I experienced all of that stuff in college, um, I felt like isolated because during that time, I told my teammates I was a virgin. Yeah, so because like, you know they clown me, but they was asking everybody, and so I was putting myself out there about my faith. But once I started to see that that wasn't that was separating me more from my teammates. Then that's when I had to realize, okay, like, God, like, all right, I'm doing this for you, but I'm also trying to be an example. But this is not turning out the way that I expected to. So I was, you know, I came in as a highly titled freshman, and some people thought I would start, like, the, the fans or just the coaches and things like that. I remember getting asked, you know, if I was going to start over one of my, uh, one of the senior players, which I knew I wasn't. But it was just a lot of hype around me at during that time. Mm -hmm. And so with me just trying to live right, letting them know where I stand on certain issues, I got ridiculed for that. I thought that was my persecution mm. that you see, like, Paul and Peter and all yeah, those yeah. people that, what they went through. And it was persecution to a certain extent, but I, I feel like um, I didn't really know what it meant to trust God at a point where I... Gave it all to him. Excellent. Because I was trying to think. I was thinking that, you know, God was just going to protect me from a whole bunch of stuff. So when I got hurt, I got hurt randomly. I was in the hospital. I had to get surgery. I was out for the season. And basically, I remember telling God, and this is part of my testimony and why it comes full circle. Yeah. At Temple, I told God, I said, you know what? I said, I'm just going to do it my own way. Because honestly, I'm, so many things are happening wrong that I didn't expect to happen. Mm. And I'm like, I just don't trust you. So Woo! my defining moment, and obviously it's a bigger testimony to that because sure, sure. I had to go through, but I'll just say my defining moment in that, and it would just be something I would encourage athletes out there, yeah. all the like Tell high me. school, college, pro, is don't forfeit your purpose to try to compromise what you think is, is pleasurable now when you know that God is calling you. Mm. Sometimes he's taking you through a storm, where he's just trying to see, you know, see how much you're going to put your your, your trust and, and, and value in him instead of trying to please other people. And and when you compromise that early, you kind of shut the door to some of the things that God wanted to take you through. And so a lot of times when you figure out why we weren't able to do this or that, you know, although all things work together for the good, sometimes we can redirect our course. Just like on a GPS map, if you if you see it taking you somewhere, you go off on the wrong turn because you think you can 
you can get there faster and short circuit it. And God would just say, hold up, wait a minute. Like, I love you enough that to whatever you're trying to get to or what you want to do, that's not the way I wanted you to go. So I have to redirect you, get you back on the right path, make mm. sure you don't lose your soul, make sure that you are totally surrendered to me so I can give you the fruitful blessings. And that's why I feel like a lot of athletes that are young that have grown up in church like I have. Yep, yep, it's a lot of they, them. They get caught up in just the the culture and society, the peer pressure. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, until you get a one-on-one, -on -one, you don't even know that they go to church until they tell you, like, behind closed doors, oh, yeah, like, I know that song, Marvin Sapp, never would have made it. Or, <laughs> you know, the Kirk Franklin song, Silver and Gold. <laughs> and so that's the sad part. And, and the turning point for me, again, is not even what I experienced because there's a testimony behind that, but the turning point is me realizing that you never want to um, what is Matthew 16, 26? What is the profit of man to gain the whole world but lose his soul? So although we may be talented as athletes or just regular people, you don't want to forfeit or lose your soul over the things that are temporary now. And mm -hmm. so that's is more so a message than just a turning point. Yeah. And sometimes even since we've been married, I used to go back and the devil used to just tempt me so much like, well, what if you did everything right? Like, if you well, if you started to do everything <laughs> right and then go the path that you went on, what's the point? Maybe you would have made the league. Maybe you would have been able to be around this player or that player or that type of stuff. Because I mean, my story is really crazy, but and I know we don't have that much time to no, talk so about listen, it. Bro, we, we good. But that's why it's so important for me to share that message now because I feel like people are wanting to forfeit their. Their, their will, their knowing of Christ, or things of the world that don't last, right? Doesn't last. It doesn't last. I, I, I love that you, you actually shared the other side of that as the defining moment. Most people yeah. share the victorious side yeah. versus the sobering moment of when things went south. And because I really believe that that's actually the way it works, meaning, you know, God has this perfect desire. So people miss, like, Missing the mark is one of the definitions of sin to miss the mark. So it means that there's a perfect place that God intends to get us. Even when it says our children, it says your quiver will be full. That's for arrows. You're supposed to shoot your children in the direction, right? So that's how it is with God and his children. He wants to, he has a perfect desire when sin is to miss the mark, right? So sin is lawlessness, but it's also to miss the mark. So when we sin, we're missing the mark. It doesn't mean that you always violated a transgression. It was that that was not God's desire for you. And sin is the easiest way to miss the mark. When we transgress something, it's the easiest way to reroute the GPS and to delay the will of God. So I definitely want to hear, because like you, you obviously both are one, but you're two individuals. For you, what would you say is your defining mark? So mine would probably be my first year that I went pro. How, yeah, how I just um, came to know and love Christ. Um, now, was so, that a part of your foundation growing up? No. So, quick <sighs> background, I grew up in the Catholic Church. You know, Italians is like strong yep. Catholic. Catholic, not right? Christians. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, my dad was kind of like the, the head of that, kind of dragging us to church. That I was just, there was this. Nice clock over there. I was watching the clock the entire time, <laughs> thinking about, you know, what I was going to eat for breakfast. No and, doubt. 
And that was about it, right? I wasn't listening, wasn't paying attention. I had zero relationship, zero knowledge, nothing, you know, didn't really get anything from, oh gosh, probably 20 years of going to church every single Sunday. Wow. So. It's a lot of time invested. What's the joke you say? You up and down, up and down. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> I felt like there was a dance the that was supposed workout, to go with that. Yeah. She shaded that she didn't give us yeah. the full experience. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Change the workout. Okay. I <laughs> oh yeah, the masses. Were you? Yeah. <laughs> so, I got you. So um, yeah, I mean, we're hard Italian family. Like we're Catholic, and there's no question about it. Like you're going to the Catholic church, and yada yada. So um, fast forward. Well, just quick about basketball. My dad was the one who brought me to all games, all practices. My mom was working a lot. She kind of you know, took care of the restaurant while my dad was away, and yep. Yep. she was just a sports guy. She wasn't, you know, that into it. So got it, she, got it. She did her stuff. He did. He <laughs> took care of the sports. I got this. And that was that. So he was kind of like, you know, it's funny because everybody asks us, like, especially overseas, the kids love asking us, who's your, who's your favorite player? Who's your role model? Who's your idol? Whatever. Who'd you look up to? I'm like, I never looked up to any player, like, <laughs> nothing. It's just, it's just my dad. My dad was like... I love it. That was my guy. And then, so fast forward, 2014, I'm graduated um, from Western University in Canada. And my dad passes away about two <sighs> months later. Oh, man. Right? So I'm, like, in this kind of limbo of a stage. I just graduated. I want to go play pro overseas. My dad just passes. And I'm like, what do I do? Right. Like, I, yeah. you know, I have I have no faith base. Um, like, that's my guy. That's my no that's anchor. my basketball guy. Like, you know, yeah, he's the one that's going to I was expecting to just lean on, you know, come overseas with me. <laughs> <laughs> Where's my buddy? Yeah. <laughs> so I was I really didn't know what to do. So I called my agent and I'm like, listen, I, I, I told her, no, I don't want I'm not going. I'm going to stay home. And then I called her up probably a week after my dad's funeral. And I was like, you got, you, do you have any teams? Like, I know everybody's probably already signed and all the deals that were on the table probably gone, but like yeah. anything. So she found me this like, you know, pretty low level team in Germany. I was like, that was all I was left. I'm like, cool, sign me up. Let me go. Okay. Let me get my foot in the door. Wow. So this is two weeks after my dad's funeral. I'm on a plane in Germany. I'm like 20, 23 years old. Okay. Right? And my mom and my brother came over with me, which is great. Helped me get settled in. Nice. And, you know, they stayed for, like, a week. And after that, I was just, like... Just there. Just there. I'm in this <laughs> foreign country. It's my first year overseas. Just graduated, like, straight out of school. My dad just died two, two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Yeah. And I just had, I had nothing. Like, I couldn't speak to anybody... <sighs> You know, and nobody really spoke English. And so I really had, like, that to me was, like, a pivotal moment. Like, I just had to basically find myself, right? Nice. Find who I was. Um, I was, you know, I, I believe there was a God. Didn't believe there was a God. Like, yeah. not really sure, right? And, you know, there's key people who who uh, would speak into my life and just tell nice. me about Jesus. and And I really think that they were, like, like really sent to um, speak to me at that moment because it really. Were they in Germany or these were people back home back in the states home, who just friend, loved on yeah, you? Yeah, I had. Nice. I'm, I'm 
you know, I have one friend, his name's Sammy. I went to school with him and I just, he, he was in, um, Bible college nice. at the time. And he would just call me just, you know, just to see how I was doing. But then like, he was just very about the word. Like, <laughs> okay, do you have a Bible? Like, okay, download the Bible app. Like, you know, I didn't have a Bible yeah. at the time. You get this word in your soul. Yeah. And you know, and I, and asking me about how, <laughs> so the first conversation I had with him, which was devastating with, for me was, um, about heaven. Right. Yeah. And he's like, what, how are you dealing with your dad, with the loss of your dad? And I was like, oh, you know, it's been really tough, but I know I'll see him again one day. How do you know that? And I was just like, just how you know the they hammer, the real deal. put the hammer on me. Right. So I'm a type of person. I can't just I'm not gullible. So I can't just like someone tells me something. I have to understand it for myself and I have to do the research myself or else I'm just not believing you. So you can tell me about this Bible, you could tell me anything you want, but if I don't understand it for myself, then it's just it's just another book to me. Yeah. So. There's a good part, and it, 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 it's called unbelief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, so I, I had to, you know, I really... So you dug in. I dug in, I dug into the Word, and my faith just grew and grew and grew, and God just kept placing the right people on my path to, nice. you know, minister to me. and Love God. Yeah. Yeah, so that was just... Obviously, that's that's the progression. At what point was it like, Jesus is my God? I'm no longer... I'm was, not serving my Father's God. I am encountered to Christ. The Word of God is true. This is who He is. I would say about two years later, 2016. Yeah. Um, believe it or not, August 3rd, the day we were married. We oh, got married. You told me this. We got married yeah. August 3rd, um, 2019, but... That's when it really just like, That's you know, when I was like, okay, like I surrender, I gave my life over to you. And like how you talk about like, yeah. it hasn't been like lukewarm, like oh, I've yeah. just been like all in since then. Like I'm just, excellent. you know, arguments that we get into sometimes I'm just like, well, what does the Bible say? <laughs> you, know? <laughs> you know, the powerful True. thing about having Christ as the center of your marriage is, and I think this is, you know, like, and there's... Like, you know, you know, you got folks, this is the spiritual climate. Everybody's nebulous. When you say spiritual, that, that's not saying anything. Everybody's spiritual. Spiritual just means invisible. <laughs> it's like so. But as a, as a Christian, to say that Jesus is my God, it gives us a value system that is higher than our own. Right? So when you talk about what anchors a marriage, the reason why so many marriages fail is because they typically, you know, when it's just you and you, you have yours, you have yours. Well, we have a standard that's higher than ourselves. Christ is our standard. And, you know, he's the ultimate mediator. And, of course, we have other examples. You need all of it. You need all of it from every different angle. But ultimately, it's, it's God is, you know, the, the beauty of the faith is that I don't have to come up with ideas about how I live. I don't even have to come up with that many ideas about how I think. You know, I want to put on the mind of Christ. <laughs> it's like, you know, it, it's like it serves me in this way, whereas his ways are so far greater that if I can adopt them, Learn them, learn his humility, learn his heart. Every relationship that I have will flourish. And you guys have put that into practice. I know this is, you know, like I said, obviously it's, it's in motion. And um, you're tapped in beautifully, wonderfully to your purpose, your passion. And I'm excited for what's next. Share whatever you guys want, what's, what's happening, what's new, and where people can find you. What's happening? Well, we just, we're back. Yeah. Just, we're going to try to enjoy the summer as best as we can. See family, train, and um, but we um, yeah, 
we go we go back and forth between Canada and Florida just to see our families. But wherever we are, most of the time, uh, we pretty much try to uh, run skills clinics or things for kids. Um, you know, while we're in town because we love giving back and we just love trying to help uh, basketball athletes. You know, trying to get better in their craft. So we do that. We do nice. you know mentorship. Um, within that as well, like if we had the opportunity to even share Christ in that in that matter, but nice. um, well, the Instagram is Antley Junior A N T L E E J R, and then we have a couples page. It's called More Than Us. It's underscore More Than Us, and so that's hey, you, baby. Come on, tell them, man. Tell them your personal mail. Okay. Oh, stuff's okay. private. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Her is private, but if you guys want to follow her well, cooking page, I don't know if it, oh yeah, her cooking page is seasoning with love. She's, okay, she's she's bomb, and I'm not just saying this. <laughs> Everywhere we go, I'm always telling her. Let me invite my teammates over, and then I mean, yeah. she from the reviews of it, I everybody think loves. Came over every week this season. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, twice yeah. a week. Twice every a week. week. Yeah, yeah, they love week. it. So tap into that too. But I love it. Listen, man, you, you guys are a dynamic, di- clearly a dynamic duo. God is with you. You have an advocate here. Thank you for sharing your story, your platform, and catch the moment. Y'all make sure y'all stay tuned, locked in. This is always about getting you to your next moment. God has that plan. God has that desire. And ultimately, we wish you the best that you continue to flourish in every area of your life. Appreciate y'all for tuning in.